time uh over a month today is monday june 29th i technically it's sunday night june 28th it's 12 46 a.m i have just finished the last episode of the sopranos that's right i spent uh a large chunk of quarantine watching the sopranos which I had never seen ever, which is shocking to some people because one, I am Sicilian. Two, I love prestige television. Now, <laughs> the thing about The Sopranos, my parents used to watch it. I remember this. My parents used to watch it and they would tell me to leave the living room when it came on the show started in 1999 I believe um I was 12 in 1999 so some of the content wouldn't have been appropriate for me but my parents didn't know that um when I was oh 10 when I was 10 years old I had already seen showgirls I'm not even making this up. I had, <laughs> I watched Showgirls on Cinemax. And that's how I knew about sex. Now, I knew about sex before that because I actually um, walked in on my parents doing it when I was six. We lived in Texas when this happened. We were living in... um kingwood which is a suburb of houston not sure why that's an important detail but we were in texas and i had a nightmare or something and the thing that happened in my nightmare <laughs> was something that happens in some of my nightmares to this day so maybe there's a link there because in that nightmare i had um i don't know how to explain this so basically in in that nightmare it was it was like tactile like part of the nightmare was that objects were enlarged so for example like a carpet like one of the carpet fibers it was so enlarged that it was like probably like four feet or five feet tall i'm not describing this correctly but it was terrifying <laughs> it was like i was stuck inside like a giant rug or something also i have some form of OCD where like the feeling of um, fabrics or surfaces can be disturbing to me. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Well, I mean, my I grew up in a chaotic household, so that's where the OCD comes from. But I don't understand the tactile aspect of it. Like, for example, what's a good example? Um, well, I don't know that's more claustrophobia so I have this thing where like I can't sleep with like in bed I can't sleep with a flat sheet I literally sleep on top of a comforter with another comforter I hate the feelings of sheets and the reason why is because if I'm laying in bed and I feel that the sheets are uneven 
I have to get out of bed and straighten them. And that's not conducive to anything positive. So whatever. Uh, I had some wine. So if I, if I sound drunk, it's because I am drunk. <sighs> I'm not wasted, but I'm a little... I had some wine. Um, and a white claw. <laughs> I had a white claw and some wine. And I, I took a week off of drinking because I went back to my office and I decided like, oh, I'm going to be professional again. You know, I'm just, I'm going to show up at the office and be sober. But, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I can drink like one night a week, but whatever. Um, yeah. So the Sopranos. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought my parents like, didn't want me to watch it because of the sex scenes. Because like I said, I when I was 12, I already was aware of what sex was. And my parents probably would have freaked out about that if they knew that. <laughs> you know, because, yes, the example of me walking in on them in 1993. Um, oh, my God. I remember it, like, so clearly because <laughs> I remember this. My mom was like she was like getting on her knees to like transition to doggy style oh my god this is so crazy that I'm saying this but I remember it clearly and then she's like she's like she looks up and because she's like at the you know the foot of the bed and she looks up at me and she's like <gasps> yeah and <laughs> it's funny because like I always think about my parents and I think like oh my god they're so fucking old but when I was six, my mom was 40, and that's not very old when you think about it. Um, so she was having, like, a normal sex life, I guess. But, like, my dad was gross, so whatever. I guess my dad was 49 when that was... <laughs> that is so weird. Because my dad now is, like... What year is it? It's 2020. It's June. Okay, yeah, so he just turned 77. Fuck. Don't do the math on how old I am. I'm 33. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I knew what sex was before The Sopranos. I had seen Showgirls by accident. I'll be honest. I was already masturbating by the time I was like 9 or 10. So whatever. Because my parents, like, they would always get really weird if we were watching TV and there was a sex scene on TV. They'd like get this weird look on their face they'd be like <laughs> just like really strange they were both raised catholic i was raised catholic too but they both went to uh you know like catholic high schools so i think they had you know some sort of weird thing about sinning and you know what's good and what's bad and all that type of shit so they were weird about sex stuff because I remember one time we were watching uh, Just Shoot Me and it was an episode where um, I don't know David Spade's character's name. Is it Finch? I want to say it's Finch. Do I have to look this up? I just got my nails done today for the first time in like months, you know, since before the pandemic. And I, I think I made a major mistake. Like I made a huge mistake a la Job and Arrested Development because I went back to acrylic stiletto nails and I don't know how to type with them anymore. I'm just like, 
I'm struggling right now. I should have just gotten like regular gel nails, but no, like I had to be a fancy fucking bitch and get nails that no one is going to see. But you have to be prepared, like just in case, like, you know, like a guy. Oh, I was right. Okay. So, (laughs) so David Spade's character on Just Shoot Me was Dennis Finch, but I remember they called him Finch. And there was an episode where he, <laughs> he like had a threesome with like two women. I don't know who the women were. I don't know if one of the women was, um, what's her name? Oh yeah. Laura San Giacomo. Italian, which is very convenient because we were talking about the Sopranos. Um, so yeah, the, like the the end of the episode implies that they're going to have a threesome and they're all sitting at like a dinner table in a restaurant and Finch like squeezes a, a water glass and it breaks. You know, it's like breakaway glass. And my dad, I remember this distinctly. My dad makes this comment. He goes, can't be funny without uh, some sex shit. And I... <laughs> That was so fucking weird to me, like, to this day. Because, like, I don't know, it's so strange. Like, my dad was weird about, like, sex stuff. But he was, like, a fucking sociopath in other ways. Like, he would be, like, he would call my mom, like, a bitch. You know, like, shut up, you fucking bitch. Like, very verbally abusive. He was also, you know, a gambling addict. Loved to go to the casino. Kind of like Tony Soprano, um, except less accomplished. My father actually said this once. He actually said his biggest regret was uh, not joining the mafia. And he could have done that. Um, This is not a brag, but yes, part of my uh, father's side of the family was in the mafia. In the Bonanno crime family, uh, to be exact. I'm not I'm not going to say anymore. I don't know <laughs> how much more I should say. I'm scared to talk about it. I mean, it's, you know, it was by marriage. So it wasn't like a direct line of mafia people, but I know that um my dad tried to get into the NYPD and they rejected him from the police academy because they found out his uncle was in the mob. So, I I guess they did their research that time, which is crazy because, you know, how it's been the last couple months, you know, we we want to defund the police, which, you know, is a misnomer. Like, it's more like we need to, well, we do need to, like, lessen the amount of money that goes into police forces and cities. But we also need to reform the way they act, obviously. Um, I'm a little too drunk to talk about all the political things that are going on right now. But, um, yeah, defunding the police. I mean, definitely a misnomer. So, anywho. My, yeah, my dad couldn't get into the NYPD because he was related to someone in the mafia. So, that's kind of interesting. Because, um, you know, the police are so reckless, (laughs) you know, with just doing whatever the fuck they want. And I'll be honest, like, you know, I lived in L.A. for seven years. And I mean, I'll say it like I am a white passing mixed 
Latina woman. Because my mom is uh, Puerto Rican and Cuban. My dad is Italian and Czech. I'm very fair-skinned. I'm one of the most fair-skinned people in my family. Uh, My mom is, you know, much more noticeably Latina than me. And I... I don't know. I feel like I... I feel guilty in a way. I feel like I must, like, get away with certain things that other people aren't able to. And in a way, I kind of feel guilty about that because I've never been, you know, harangued by the LAPD, like, ever. There was one time where I was parked in my car, just, like, you know, on my phone. And some cops, like, pulled up next to me and they were like, roll down your window. They were like, "Uh, did you see... A man brandishing. (laughs) The use of that word is like always so funny to me. Brandishing? Did you see a man brandishing a gun? And I was like, no, uh, I didn't see a man brandishing a gun. I live in a semi-questionable neighborhood, if you're wondering. I live, I don't want to give too much away, but I live (laughs) near USC where the rent is still semi-affordable. Um, hopefully the rent will drop, you know, um, I can't think of anything I'd like to happen more than that, than having the rent drop dramatically, especially since the economy is, uh, currently failing more and more. But anywho, I've only seen the LAPD basically just like harass and harangue minorities you know brown and black people they do that all the time they just like pull over black people or brown people you know and then you see them like posted up and you know they have their their hands like up against a fence and blah 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 and they're always just like being like super gross. That's what the cops do here. They don't pull you over for anything that you would get pulled over for normally in any other city. Like they don't care about like basic traffic violations. It's lawless here. You know, the way people drive here is fucking insane. You know, they're speeding. There's people just running red lights, you know, all kinds of shit. But they don't care. You know, like making turns when you're not supposed to make a turn. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's out of control here. Like if you if you come here and you're not from LA and you're driving here, like you have to learn quick because people here are fucking crazy. So that's part of the problem. I just saw that someone unfollowed me on Twitter and I have to look up their... Hmm. They're not really... It's someone who's, like, a freaking, like, vegan and what? I don't need them. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry that my brand is not catering to vegans. I hit 1,400 followers on Twitter the other day, which I'm actually proud of. Because before I was doing comedy, I probably had, like, 60 followers. 1400 followers see a lot of people buy followers i mean one example of someone who did that is uh brendan cooney hi brendan um i have been listening to your new podcast raccoon titties um very creative very interesting 
kind of upset I wasn't mentioned in the women in comedy episode, but that's fine. Um, yeah, so let's, I, I've been on a tangent, but let's go back to the uh, finale of The Sopranos. So I genuinely think that Tony did not die that night. And so the final scene of The Sopranos, this is not a spoiler because this came out 13 years ago and I'm the last person in the country who watched this thing. But the last scene is Tony waiting for his family to um, come in and eat with him in this diner restaurant. So he gets there. He's sitting there by himself. He's reading the menu. Tony loves food. I mean, we know that. We know James Gandolfini was rotund. He loved food. Then uh, Carmela gets there first, you know, his long-suffering wife. <laughs> Carmela. Poor Carmela. Carmela's such a fucking hypocrite. You know, what an interesting character. Because, like, you know, she's all into, like, Jesus and, oh, you know, the Holy Father and blah, blah, blah. But her, the freaking house she lives in, you know, that... I mean, it's a mansion for Jersey. You know, I have to take a sip of water. Yeah, the house she lives in was purchased through obviously extremely illegal activities. (laughs) But, like, she never seems to acknowledge that or even care about it. I don't know. there's a hypocrisy to Carmela that's really interesting because I think most people would kind of turn a blind eye to that, you know, especially women who, you know, are being taken care of, which is nice. You know, I would like that. I would love to be taken care of. Honestly, I am, you know, clearly, um, you know, I'm very feminist, but there is something appealing about, you know, a man who can provide. And I think that's like the most attractive thing about Tony Soprano is that he's a man who provides, you know, because I, I actually found Tony to be pretty attractive. And this is in spite of him being honestly a sociopath. You know, he obviously just cares about himself at the end of the day. He's an adulterer, a gambling addict. He doesn't really have, like, substance abuse problems, you know. Um, Yeah, but I I think what's attractive, what makes a man attractive to me is a man who can provide and protect and I think that's something that doesn't really exist as much in today's world as it should. Which is kind of crazy. Like, I I would love to be provided for or protected. But I don't think I've ever had that happen. Well, I mean, part of it is that I've always been extremely independent I mean, financially, I I do just fine by myself. I live alone. I pay all my bills. I have a car. I mean, there's nothing really that I'm in want of. There's nothing really that I'm lacking in my life. 
I think a man could add to it, though, by, you know, just giving me like sort of like a solid foundation. Like, I really just want a man to be a man with me. Hmm. This is getting really interesting. <laughs> Can you tell that I'm a cis heterosexual woman who enjoys the company of men? I am. Yeah, no, there's just something really attractive to me about a man, like in case something happens or in case I'm unable to, you know, pay for something or handle something that he's able to step in and help me. And Tony Soprano is that kind of guy, you know. You know, it's kind of interesting because there's, um, you know, an incel culture. There's a lot of guys who think that, like, what women are attracted to is, you know, perfectly symmetrical faces, perfect body, you know, a square jaw, things like that. Um, it's not true. I think women don't care about looks at all. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, some of the guys I've dated, like, I'm not you know, talking shit on them or anything, but like looks are not a priority to women as much as they are to men. Women don't have that shallowness to them, you know, cause you can like see a man and see like, Oh, that's a really good looking man. But in a lot of ways, a really good looking man is a huge red flag because a really good looking man is a man who's been told that he's perfect, that he doesn't need to change. He's fine the way he is. And in reality, humans should be striving for change, you know, evolving, learning themselves, learning others, growing. You know, that's what a human should be. Like, pretty men don't understand that, you know. I can't stand that. So, I guess what I'm saying is, like, in a message to incel men, don't change your jaw. Don't get plastic surgery. What you should do is seek out status and power. I think status and power are what women are attracted to the most. You know, looks or whatever. You know, because as we age, and I know this is going to shock some people, but we all age, you know. I mean, when, you, when you're in love with someone and you look them in the eye, whether it's the day you met or 10 years later, if if you're looking at them, like, directly in their eyes... That's going to be the same person you love from the first day you met them. And it's not going to be a problem. I mean, you're going to age gracefully with them, right? But then there's other people who are like super shallow. (laughs) And these are the people who need to be eradicated from society. You know, like for example, because I'm on Reddit relationships a lot. And I see so many stories of women who they have a baby. And they're like... Oh, my husband isn't attracted to my body anymore because I had a baby. And I'm just like, that's fucked up. I think that men, for the most part, 
men are so appreciative and grateful to just even be near a woman's naked body that they're not going to say some shit like that, you know? I mean, I had an ex who used to tell me that, you know, I had to lose weight. I was fat. You know, I was I was pretty, but not pretty enough. I mean, he was obviously negging me to try to, like, make sure that my self-esteem was so low that I would never leave him. And it didn't work because I did leave him. <laughs> and because he would, like, make me question my own sanity, Cause he'd be like, Oh, like, you know, your body, like I'm not, it's not looking so great. But then if my body wasn't looking so great, then why was he having sex with me constantly? You know, it didn't make sense. Like he was obviously attracted to me, but he was trying to make me feel like shit about myself, which is so gross. But like, I think a man who, you know, is confident in himself and, respects the woman he's with he's going to have an admiration for a woman who carried his child like I just think that like there's there's men I've dated and men I've been with who just really appreciate a woman's body even more than women appreciate their own bodies because I think a lot of the time women get you know, self-conscious and insecure about things that don't even matter. They're like, oh, I, have a sh- I have stretch marks on my stomach. You know, like, oh, my boobs hang too low. But, like, if a man wasn't attracted to you, he wouldn't be in bed with you. So you have to, like, think about that logically. Because another thing that I think about is, like, sometimes people can be really good looking but not know it. But then your perception when you're looking at them is that, oh, they know they're really good looking, but they don't know that. So that can cause some cognitive dissonance and some miscommunication between you. So I hope this makes sense. Anywho, so back to the Sopranos. (laughs) So Tony's sitting there. He's waiting for Carmela to come in. Carmela comes in. Then AJ comes in. Then we see Meadow trying to parallel park a few times. It's not working out. She's trying to park. She eventually figures it out. You know, there's a guy sitting at the counter in the diner wearing a members only jacket. He looks fucking suspicious as hell. And a lot of people assume he's a hitman, you know, there to take out Tony. But I thought about it more. I was like, well, how would he know that Tony was there? Because no one said anything to anyone about that, right? I I mean, honestly, I'm just talking about, like, did you watch the episode and this is what happened? Um, and then the last thing you see or hear is Tony looking in the direction of the door. And then you hear the bell on the door ring. And it's Meadow walking in. And then it just, like, cuts to silent black. So what I think happened, what my interpretation is, is I don't think Tony died that night. I don't think he died that night. Because in the prior episodes of the season, um, well, Tony and Bobby were talking about, you know, how most of the time you probably don't even hear it when death comes for you. You know, when you're in the mob, when someone's going to just like run up on you and kill you. 
And Bobby, he didn't hear his because he was in the train shop when it happened. Spoiler alert, this came out 13 years ago. Um, So Bobby's in the train shop, you know, and you hear the sound of the train, but you don't hear the sound of the two guys coming up to him to kill him. You know, so Bobby didn't hear his. But the thing about Tony, when he's sitting at that table, he hears, you know, the bell of the door. So that leads me to believe that he uh, he didn't die because he heard he heard the sound. I think Tony went to prison because, <laughs> you know, they were talking earlier about like, you know, how he was probably going to be indicted. I really just think he went to prison. And that's not exciting to, like, continue on for however many more seasons. I mean, this this went on for six seasons, which is a long time on HBO. And you know what? Overall, it was great. Uh, my favorite episode, actually, and this is going to sound so fucking dark, <laughs> is that I... My favorite episode was the one where Christopher died. Spoiler alert, Tony uh, suffocates him after the car accident that they're in. But I, that was the best episode I had ever seen. I, I cried. I laughed. So many emotions. You know. Man, James Gandolfini, he was so fucking good. And this was kind of the, you know, the start of prestige television. And you think about, like amazing actors in prestige tv so there's james gandolfini there's john ham um brian cranston those are the top three that stand out to me who else is there you know in in drama tv oh my god like some of these other shows like who cares like who cares well i think succession is going to be one of those shows that will be remembered for years to come uh and jeremy strong will probably be remembered as one of those great actors but james gandolfini basically set the tone for prestige television acting and he was so fucking good he was so fucking good in this role you know if you if you like look up an interview with him in his real voice you'll be blown away you're like this is how he talked like this doesn't make any sense because when he talks as tony soprano you're like yeah this guy is tony this is tony soprano you know he just disappears into the part. It's it's what acting is supposed to be. It really fucking is. You know, and he's charming. He's funny. That's what's attractive about him. And also James Gelfini is, you know, he's, he was like six foot two. I also saw he was voted best looking at his high school. There's probably something to that, you know. I think when you're when you're a teenager and you're called like the best looking whatever or like most handsome or most pretty, you probably carry that with you for the rest of your life. So I think he had that confidence in him, you know, on the show. Overall, you know, good show. 
I don't think it's like the best show I've ever watched. I've watched Mad Men three times. The entire I've watched the entire series of Mad Men three times. I think that probably has to be my favorite TV show of all time. But The Sopranos was good, you know. Michael Imperioli, oh my god, like maniac, a fucking maniac. There were so many characters I hated. Well, the two characters I hated the most on The Sopranos were uh, Richie Aprile, who was just like fucking, oh, he was so disgusting. Oh, my God. When Janice killed him, spoiler alert, uh, this happened 16 or 15 years ago. Um, I was just like, thank God, because he was horrible. And then the other one was uh, Ralphie. I really hated him. Janice also obviously dated him um, because she liked scumbags. One of my close friends, uh, one of my close friends, her boyfriend uh, said that he uh, was reminded of Janice because of me. Apparently I'm like Janice on The Sopranos, but I disagree, you know. Also, you know, it's kind of interesting the element of of therapy on the Sopranos you know like not a lot of men seek therapy but Tony did and in the end Dr. Melfi like she thinks that she comes to the conclusion that Tony cannot be fixed with her methods of treatment and that in fact you know she's possibly making him him into a better criminal but I don't really believe that I think that he really genuinely did want help. And I think a true sociopath or a true narcissist, well, narcissists for sure, they, they rarely seek therapy, you know, they don't even know that their behavior is wrong in some way. So I think I believe Tony, I believe Tony is someone who wanted to get better and get help. And I think he knew the trauma he had in his life that had molded him. I mean, he obviously hid things from Dr. Melfi. He didn't tell Dr. Melfi like, oh yeah, I, I suffocated my nephew Chris to death after the car accident. He didn't say that. He conveniently left that out. So, you know, overall, good show will i watch it again maybe in a few years who knows but yeah it was good i mean i feel like i accomplished something in quarantine you know finally well i also put a bookshelf together which actually looks pretty good so i have you know like books and uh some storage baskets and candles and my buddha statue on there i'm not buddhist but uh, you know i have a multifaceted spirituality but i don't want to get into that right now i guess that's it for now so uh to review the sopranos was good i don't think tony died that night i think he went to prison james gandolfini was an amazing actor and uh, my parents were kind of naive 
to uh, not understand that I already knew what sex was. Because when the Sopranos came on, they'd be like, get out of here. Leave. Get out of the room. I'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Fine. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of the room, you know, whatever. The sex scenes on the show weren't even that, like, serious. Most of the time when Tony was having sex, women were on top. Which makes sense, you know. So, good for him. Oh, the woman who who caught on fire when she was cooking. That totally could be me with the, like, the satin robe. That's how I dress. I'm like, I'm just wearing, like, a fancy satin robe. That's who I am. I'm that woman. Also, that woman, her name was Valentina. She was half Italian and half Cuban. And I'm half Latina and half Italian, so whatever. Um, I guess that's it for now. I'll I'll be doing this more regularly again because I'm getting back into the swing of things. You know, gotta get back into a routine. So that's all. Follow me on uh Twitter and Instagram, fixed our Heather rate and reviewed the podcast you know you know what to do I don't have any shows coming up because we're all in quarantine and things are closed and the governor just closed the bars again and I wouldn't go to a bar anyway right now it sounds like COVID central so please stay safe out there wear a mask you know the drill six feet away from anyone you talk to. Okay? Take care.